Book Two, Chapter Eleven of the Mystical City of God, Volume Three, by the Venerable Sister Mary of Jesus of Agreda. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Two, Chapter Eleven. Christ our Savior celebrates the sacramental supper, consecrating His true and sacred body and blood in the Holy Eucharist. His prayers and petitions, the communion of His Blessed Mother, and other mysteries of this occasion with great diffidence do i enter upon the treatment of the ineffable mystery of the holy eucharist and of what happened at its institution for raising the eyes of my soul toward the light which encompasses and governs me in the performance of this work the high intelligence given me of these vast wonders and sacraments reproaches me with my littleness in comparison with the greatness therein manifested my faculties are disturbed and i cannot find words to explain what i see and conceive although all these conceptions are far from the reality that is shown to my understanding but though ignorant of the terms and though very unfit for such discourse i must speak in order that i may continue this history and relate what part the great lady of the world had in these wonders if i do not speak as appropriately as the matters demand let my amazement and my lowly condition be my excuse for it is not easy to yield to the exactions of spoken words when the will is so intent on supplying the defects of the understanding and on enjoying that which is hopeless and even unbecoming to manifest christ had partaken of the prescribed supper with his disciples reclining on the floor around a table which was elevated from it little more than the distance of six or seven fingers, for such was the custom of the Jews. But after the washing of the feet, he ordered another, higher table to be prepared, such as we now use for our meals. By this arrangement, he wished to put an end to the legal suppers and to the lower and figurative law, and establish the new supper of the law of grace. From that time on, he wished the sacred mysteries to be performed on the tables or altars, which are in use in the Catholic Church. The table was covered with a very rich cloth, and upon it was placed a plate or salver and a large cup in the form of a chalice, capacious enough to hold the wine. All this was done in pursuance of the will of Christ our Savior, who by his divine power and wisdom directed all these particulars. The master of the house was inspired to offer these rich vessels, which were made of what seemed a precious stone like emerald, the apostles often used it afterwards in consecrating whenever the occasion permitted it the lord seated himself at this table with the apostles and some of the other disciples and then ordered some unleavened bread to be placed on the table and some wine to be brought of which he took sufficient to prepare the chalice then the master of life spoke words of most endearing love to his apostles and though his sayings were wont to penetrate to the inmost heart at all times yet on this occasion they were like the flames of a great fire of charity which consumed the souls of his hearers he manifested to them anew the most exalted mysteries of his divinity humanity and of the works of the redemption he enjoined upon them peace and charity of which he was now to leave a pledge in the mysteries about to be celebrated he reminded them that in loving one another they would be loved by the eternal father with the same love in which he was beloved he gave them an understanding of the fulfillment of this promise in having chosen them to found the new church and the law of grace 
he renewed in them the light concerning the supreme dignity excellence and prerogatives of his most pure virgin mother among all the apostles saint john was most deeply enlightened in these mysteries on account of the office imposed upon him the great lady from her retreat beheld in divine contemplation all these doings of her son in the cenacle and in her profound intelligence she entered more deeply into their meaning than the apostles and the angels who also were present in bodily forms adoring their true lord creator and king by the hands of these angels enoch and elias were brought to the cenacle from their place of abode for the lord wished that these fathers of the natural and of the written laws should be present at the establishment of the law of the gospel and that they should participate in its mysteries all these being present awaiting full of wonder what the author of life intended to do there appeared also in the hall the person of the eternal father and of the holy ghost as they had appeared at the baptism of christ at the jordan and at the transfiguration on mount tabor although all the apostles and disciples felt this divine presence yet only some of them really were favored with a vision of it among these was especially saint john the evangelist who was always gifted with eagle sight into the divine mysteries the entire heaven was transplanted to the cenacle of jerusalem for of such great importance was the magnificence of this work by which the new church was founded the law of grace established and eternal salvation made secure but for a better understanding of the doings of the incarnate word i must remind the reader that he possessed two natures in one person the divine and the human nature united in one divine person of the word hence the proper activities of both natures are rightly attributed to one and the same person just as the same person is called both god and man consequently when i say that the incarnate work spoke and prayed to the eternal father it must not be interpreted as meaning that he prayed or spoke in as far as he was divine since in divinity he was equal to the father but in as far as he was human inferior and composed of body and soul as we ourselves are in this sense therefore christ confessed and extolled the immensity and infinitude of the eternal father praying for the whole human race my father and eternal god i confess praise and exalt thy infinite essence and incomprehensible deity in which i am one with thee and the holy ghost engendered from all eternity by thy intellect as the figure of thy substance and the image of thy individual nature john chapter 10 verse 30 psalm 119 verse 3 letter to the hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 in the same nature which i have assumed in the virginal womb of my mother i wish to accomplish the redemption of the human race with which thou hast charged me i wish to restore to this human nature the highest perfection and the plenitude of thy divine complaisance and then i wish to pass from this world to thy right hand bearing with me all those whom thou hast given me without losing a single one of them for want of willingness on our part to help them john chapter seventeen verse twelve my delight is to be with the children of men proverbs chapter eight verse thirty one and as in my absence they will be left orphans if i do not give them assistance 
I wish my father to furnish them with a sure and unfailing token of my inextinguishable love and a pledge of the eternal rewards which thou holdest in reserve for them. I desire that they find in my merits an easy and powerful remedy for the effects of sin to which they are subject on account of the disobedience of the first man, and I wish to restore copiously their right to the eternal happiness for which they are created. But since there will be few who will preserve themselves in this justice, they will need other assistance, so that they may reinstate themselves and strengthen themselves in the way of justification and sanctification by being continually furnished with new and exalted gifts and favors of thy clemency in their dangerous pilgrimage through life. It was our eternal decree that they should have created existence and participate in our divine perfections and happiness for all eternity. And thy love, which caused me to assume a nature able to suffer and welcome the humiliation of the cross. Letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, verse 8 would not rest satisfied until it invented new means of communicating itself to men according to their capacity and our wisdom and power these means shall consist in visible and sensible signs adapted to their condition as sentient beings and causing invisible effects in the spiritual and immaterial part of their natures to advance these high ends for thy exaltation and glory eternal lord and father in my name and in that of all the poor and afflicted children of adam i ask the fiat of thy eternal will if their sins call out for thy justice their neediness and misery appeal to thy infinite mercy at the same time i on my part interpose all the works of my humanity which is indissolubly bound to my divinity i offer my obedience and accepting suffering unto death my humility in subjecting myself to the depraved judgment of men the poverty and labors of my life the insults of my passion and death and the love which urges me to undergo all this for the advance of thy glory and for the spreading of thy knowledge and adoration among all creatures capable of thy grace and happiness thou o eternal lord and my father hast made me the brother and the chief of men and hast destined them to partake eternally of the joys of our divinity. Letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verse 18. As thy children, they are to be heirs with me of thy everlasting blessings. Letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 17. And as members of my body, they are to participate in the effects of my brotherly love. First letter to the Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 15. Therefore, as far as depends upon me, I desire to draw them on toward my friendship, and to see them share in the goods of the divinity, to which they were destined in their origin, from their natural head, the first man. Impelled by this boundless love, Lord and Father, I ordain that from now on men may re-enter into thy full friendship and grace, through the sacrament of baptism, and that they may do so as soon as they shall be born to daylight, and their desire of renaissance into grace, which they cannot in their infancy manifest on their own account, shall with thy permission be manifested for them by their elders. Let them become immediate heirs of thy glory. Let them be interiorly and indelibly marked as children of my church. Let them be freed from the stain of original sin, 
let them receive the gifts of faith hope and charity by which they may perform the works of thy children knowing thee trusting in thee and loving thee for thy own self let them also receive the virtues by which they restrain and govern disorderly inclinations and be able to distinguish without fail the good from the evil let this sacrament be the portal of my church and the one which makes men capable of receiving all the other favors and disposes them to new gifts and blessings of grace i ordain also that besides this sacrament they may receive another in which they shall be confirmed and rooted in the holy faith they have accepted and become courageous in its defense as soon as they shall arrive at the use of reason and because human frailty easily falls away from the observance of my law and since my charity will not permit me to leave them without an easy and opportune remedy i wish to provide the sacrament of penance through it men by acknowledging their faults and confessing them with sorrow may be reinstated in justice and in the merits of glory promised to them thus shall lucifer and his followers be prevented from boasting of having so soon deprived them of advantages of baptism by the justification of these sacraments men shall become fit to share in the highest token of my love in the exile of this their mortal life namely to receive me sacramentally under the species of bread and wine in an ineffable manner under the species of bread i shall leave my body and under the species of wine my blood in each one of them i shall be present really and truly and i institute this mysterious sacrament of the eucharist as a heavenly nourishment proportioned to their condition as wayfaring men for their sake shall i work these miracles and remain with them until the end of the coming ages matthew chapter twenty eight verse twenty for the strengthening and defense of those who approach the end of their lives i moreover appoint the sacrament of extreme unction which shall at the same time be a certain pledge of the bodily resurrection of those thus anointed in order that all may contribute proportionately to the sanctification of the members of the mystical body of the church in which by the most harmonious and orderly cooperation all must have their proper position i institute the sacrament of ordination to distinguish and mark some of its members by a special degree of holiness and place them above the other faithful as fit ministers of the sacraments and my chosen priests although they derive all their powers from me i nevertheless wish that it should flow from me through one of their number who shall be my vicar and the chief representing my person and act as high priest into his keeping i deposit the keys of heaven and him all upon earth shall obey for the further perfection of my church i also establish the last of the sacraments matrimony to sanctify the natural union of man and wife for the propagation of the human race thus shall all the grades of my church be enriched and adorned by my infinite merits this eternal father is my last will whereby i make all the mortals inheritors of my merits in the great storehouse of grace my new church this prayer christ our redeemer made in the presence of the apostles but without any exterior manifestation the most blessed mother who from her retreat observed and followed him prostrated herself upon the floor and as his mother offered to the eternal father the same petitions as her son although she could not add anything to the merits of the works of her divine son 
nevertheless as on other occasions she as his helpmate united her petitions with his in order that by her faithful companionship she might move the eternal father to so much the greater mercy and the father looked upon them both graciously accepting the prayers respectively of the son and mother for the salvation of men besides prayer her divine son left the performance of yet another work in her charge in order to understand what this was it must be remembered as i mentioned in the preceding chapter that lucifer was present at the washing of the apostles feet and that being forced to remain and witness the doings of christ in the cenacle he astutely conjectured some great blessings to be intended for the apostles although the dragon felt his forces much diminished and altogether unavailing against the redeemer he nevertheless sought with implacable fury and pride to spy out these mysteries for the concoction of future malicious plans the great lady perceived these intentions of lucifer and knew that the foiling of them was to be left in her hands therefore inflamed by zeal and love for the most high she as sovereign queen commanded the dragon and all his squadrons to leave the hall and descend to the depths of hell to accomplish this the arm of the almighty gave new power to the blessed virgin so that neither the rebellious lucifer nor all his hosts could resist they were hurled into the infernal abysses there to remain until they should again be permitted to issue as witnesses to the passion and death of the saviour in order to be finally convinced of his being the messiah and redeemer true god and man let it then be understood that lucifer and his demons were present at the legal supper and washing of the feet and also afterwards at the entire passion of christ but they were not present at this institution of the holy eucharist nor at the communion of the disciples then the great queen was raised to a most sublime state of contemplation of the mysteries about to be enacted and the holy angels as to another victorious judith sang to her of this glorious triumph over the dragon at the same time christ our lord offered up to the eternal father exalted thanksgiving and praise for the blessings conceded to the human race in consequence of his petition thereupon christ our lord took into his venerable hands the bread which lay upon the plate and interiorly asked the permission and cooperation of the eternal father that now and ever afterwards in virtue of the words about to be uttered by him and later to be repeated in his holy church he should really and truly become present in the host himself to yield obedience to these sacred words while making this petition he raised his eyes toward heaven with an expression of such sublime majesty that he inspired the apostles the angels and his virgin mother with new and deepest reverence then he pronounced the words of consecration over the bread changing its substance into the substance of his true body and immediately thereupon he uttered the words of consecration also over the wine changing it into his true blood as an answer to these words of consecration was heard the voice of the eternal father saying this is my beloved son in whom i delight and shall take my delight to the end of the world and he shall be with men during all the time of their banishment in like manner was this confirmed by the holy ghost the most sacred humanity of christ in the person of the word gave tokens of profoundest veneration to the divinity contained in the sacrament of his body and blood the virgin mother in her retreat prostrated herself on the ground and adored her son in the blessed sacrament 
with incomparable reverence then also the angels of her guard all the angels of heaven and among them likewise the souls of enoch and elias in their own name and in the name of the holy patriarchs and prophets of the old law fell down in adoration of their lord in the holy sacrament all the apostles and disciples who with the exception of the traitor believed in this holy sacrament adored it with great humility and reverence according to each one's disposition the great high priest christ raised up his own consecrated body and blood in order that all who were present at this first mass might adore it in a special manner as they also did during this elevation his most pure mother saint john enoch and elias were favored with an especial insight into the mystery of his presence in the sacred species they understood more profoundly how in the species of the bread was contained his body and in those of the wine his blood how in both on account of the inseparable union of his soul with his body and blood was present the living and true christ how with the person of the word was also therein united the person of the father and of the holy ghost and how therefore on account of the inseparable existence and union of the father son and holy ghost the holy eucharist contained the perfect humanity of the lord with the three divine persons of the godhead all this was understood most profoundly by the heavenly lady and by the others according to their degree they understood also the efficacy of the words of the consecration now endowed with such divine virtue that as soon as they are pronounced with the intention of doing what christ did at that time by any priest since that time over the proper material they would change the bread into his body and the wine into his blood leaving the accidents to subsist in a new way and without their proper subject they saw that this change would take place so certainly and infallibly that heaven and earth would sooner fall to pieces than that the effect of these words of consecration when pronounced in the proper manner by the sacerdotal minister of christ should ever fail the heavenly queen understood also by a special vision how the most sacred body of christ is hidden beneath the accidents of bread and wine without change in them or alteration of the sacred humanity for neither can the body be the subject of the accidents nor can the accidents be the form of the body the accidents retain the same extension and qualities as before and each of their parts retain the same position after the host has been consecrated and the sacred body is present in an invisible form also retaining the same size without intermingling of parts it remains in the whole host and all of it in every particle of the host without being strained by the host or the host by the body for neither is the extension of his body correlative with the accidental species nor do they depend upon the sacred body for their existence they therefore have a totally different mode of existence and the body interpenetrates the accidents without hindrance although naturally the head would demand a different place than the hands or these a different one from the breast or any other part of the body yet by the divine power the consecrated body places itself unimpaired in its extent in one and the same place because it bears no relation to the space which it would naturally occupy having thrown aside all these relations though still remaining a quantitative body moreover it need not necessarily remain in one determined place only or in only one host 
but at the same time it can be present in many innumerable consecrated hosts she understood likewise that the sacred body although not naturally depending upon the accidents as above declared yet does not continue to exist sacramentally in these accidents after the corruption of the species of the bread and wine and this for no other reason than because it was so willed by christ the author of these wonders the coexistence of the sacred body and blood of our lord with the incorrupted species of bread and wine therefore rests upon the arbitrary and voluntary disposition of the creator of this sacrament as soon as they deteriorate and disappear on account of the natural process destructive of these species for instance as happens in holy communion with the sacramental host which is changed and corrupted by the heat of the stomach or when this is effected by other causes then god in the last instant when the species are ready for their last transformation again creates another substance this new substance being now devoid of the divinity nourishes the human body and finally coalesces with the human form of existence which is the soul this wonderful creation of a new substance for the assumption of the changed and corrupted species is consequent upon the will of the lord who wishes not to continue the existence of his body in the corrupted accidents and this process is demanded also by the laws of nature for the substance of man cannot grow except by some other substance which being newly added prevents the accidents from continuing to exist all these and other wonders the right hand of the almighty perpetuated in this most august sacrament of the holy eucharist all of them the mistress of heaven and earth understood and comprehended profoundly in like manner saint john the fathers of the ancient law and the apostles who were present perceived these mysteries each in their degree aware of the great blessing contained therein for all men mary foresaw also the ingratitude of mortals in regard to this ineffable sacrament established for their benefit and she resolved to atone with all the powers of her being for their shameless and ungrateful behavior she took upon herself the duty of rendering thanks to the eternal father and to his divine son for this extraordinary and wonderful benefit to the human race this earnest desire dwelled in her soul during her whole life and many times did she shed tears of blood welling forth from her purest heart in order to satisfy for our shameful and torpid forgetfulness still greater was my admiration when jesus our god having raised the most holy sacrament as i said before for their adoration divided it by his own sacred hands first partook of it himself as being the first and chief of all the priests recognizing himself as man inferior to the divinity which he was now to receive in this his own consecrated body and blood he humiliated and as it were with a trembling of the inferior part of his being shrank within himself before that divinity thereby not only teaching us the reverence with which holy communion is to be received but also showing us what was his sorrow at the temerity and presumption of many men during the reception and handling of this exalted and sublime sacrament the effects of holy communion in the body of christ were altogether miraculous and divine for during a short space of time the gifts of glory flowed over in his body just as on mount tabor though the effects of this transfiguration were manifest only to his blessed mother and partly also to st john enoch and elias 
this was the last consolation he permitted his humanity to enjoy as to its inferior part during his earthly life and from that moment until his death he rejected all such alleviation the virgin mother by a special vision also understood how christ her divine son received himself in the blessed sacrament and what was the manner of its presence in his divine heart all this caused inestimable affection in our queen and lady while he received his own body and blood christ our lord composed a canticle of praise to the eternal father and offered himself in the blessed sacrament as a sacrifice for the salvation of man he took another part of the consecrated bread and handed it to the archangel gabriel who brought and communicated it to most holy mary by having such a privilege conferred on one of their number the holy angels considered themselves sufficiently recompensed for being excluded from the sacerdotal dignity and for yielding it to man the privilege of merely having even one of their number hold the sacramental body of their lord and true god filled them with a new and immense joy in abundant tears of consolation the great queen awaited holy communion when saint gabriel with innumerable other angels approached she received it the first after her son imitating his self-abasement reverence and holy fear the most blessed sacrament was deposited in the breast and above the heart of the most holy virgin mother as in the most legitimate shrine and tabernacle of the most high there the ineffable sacrament of the holy eucharist remained deposited from that hour until after the resurrection when saint peter said the first mass and consecrated anew as i shall relate in its place the almighty wished to have it so for the consolation of the great queen and in order to fulfil his promise that he would remain with the children of men until the consummation of the ages matthew chapter twenty eight verse twenty for after his death his most holy humanity would not remain in his church any other way than by his consecrated body and blood this true manna was then deposited in the most pure mary as in the living ark together with the whole evangelical law just as formerly its prophetic figures were deposited in the ark of moses letter to the hebrews chapter nine verse four the sacramental species were not consumed or altered in the heart of the lady and queen of heaven until the next consecration having received holy communion the blessed mother gave thanks to the eternal father and to her divine son in new canticles similar to the ones the incarnate word had rendered for his father after having thus favored the heavenly princess our savior distributed the sacramental bread to the apostles luke chapter twenty two verse seventeen commanding them to divide it among themselves and partake of it by this commandment he conferred upon them the sacerdotal dignity and they began to exercise it by giving communion each to himself this they did with the greatest reverence shedding copious tears and adoring the body and blood of our lord whom they were receiving they were established in the power of the priesthood as being founders of the holy church and enjoying the distinction of priority over all others letter to the ephesians chapter two verse twenty then saint peter at the command of christ the lord administered two of the particles of holy communion to the two patriarchs enoch and elias this holy communion so rejoiced these two holy men that they were encouraged anew in their hope of the beatific vision 
which for them was to be deferred for so many ages and they were strengthened to live on in this hope until the end of the world having given most fervent and humble thanks to the almighty for this blessing they were brought back to their abiding place by the hands of the holy angels the lord desired to work this miracle in order to pledge himself to include the ancient natural and written laws in the benefits of the incarnation redemption and general resurrection since all these mysteries were contained in the most holy eucharist by thus communicating himself to the two holy men enoch and elias who were still in their mortal flesh these blessings were extended over the human race such as it existed under the natural and the written laws while all the succeeding generations were to be included in the new law of grace the apostles at the head this was all well understood by enoch and elias and returning to the midst of their contemporaries they gave thanks to their and our redeemer for this mysterious blessing another very wonderful miracle happened at the communion of the apostles the perfidious and treacherous judas hearing the command of his master to partake of holy communion resolved in his unbelief not to comply but if he could do so without being observed determined to secrete the sacred body and bring it to the priests and pharisees in order to afford them a chance of incriminating jesus by showing them what he had called his own body or if he should not succeed therein to consummate some other vile act of malice with the divine sacrament the mistress and queen of heaven who by a clear vision was observing all that passed and knew the interior and exterior effects and affections in the apostles at holy communion saw also the accursed intentions of the obstinate judas all the zeal for the glory of her lord existing in her as his mother spouse and daughter was aroused in her purest heart knowing that it was the divine will that she should make use of her power as mother and queen she commanded the holy angels to extract from the mouth of judas the consecrated particles as well of the bread as of the wine and replace them from whence they had been taken it well befitted her on this occasion to defend the honor of her divine son and prevent judas from heaping such an ignominious injury upon christ the lord the holy angels obeyed their queen and when it was the turn of judas to communicate they withdrew the consecrated species one after the other and purifying them from their contact with judas the most wicked of living men they restored them to their place altogether unobserved by the disciples thus the lord shielded the honor of his malicious and obstinate apostle to the end this was attended to by the angels in the shortest space of time and the others then received holy communion for judas was neither the first nor the last to communicate then our saviour offered thanks to the eternal father and therewith ended both the legal and the sacramental supper in order to begin the mysteries of his passion which i will relate in the subsequent chapters the queen of heaven attended to all full of wonder and joyful praise magnifying the most high instruction given to me by the queen of heaven oh my daughter would that the believers in the holy catholic faith opened their hardened and stony hearts in order to attain to a true understanding of the sacred and mysterious blessing of the holy eucharist if they would only detach themselves root out and reject their earthly inclinations and restraining their passions apply themselves with living faith to study by the divine light their great happiness in thus possessing their eternal god in the holy sacrament and in being able by its reception and constant intercourse 
to participate in the full effects of this heavenly manna if they would only worthily esteem this precious gift begin to taste its sweetness and share in the hidden power of their omnipotent god then nothing would ever be wanting to them in their exile in this the happy age of the law of grace mortals have no reason to complain of their weakness and their passions since in this bread of heaven they have at hand strength and health it matters not that they are tempted and persecuted by the demon for by receiving the sacrament frequently they are enabled to overcome him gloriously the faithful are themselves to blame for all their poverty and labors since they pay no attention to this divine mystery nor avail themselves of the divine powers thus placed at their disposal by my most holy son i tell thee truly my dearest that lucifer and his demons have such a fear of the most holy eucharist that to approach it causes them more torments than to remain in hell itself although they do enter churches in order to tempt souls they enter them with aversion forcing themselves to endure cruel pains in the hope of destroying a soul and drawing it into sin especially in the holy places and in the presence of the holy eucharist their wrath against the lord and against the souls alone could induce them to expose themselves to the torment of his real sacramental presence whenever he is carried through the streets they usually fly and disperse in all haste and they would not dare to approach those that accompany him if by their long experience they did not know that they will induce some to forget the reverence due to their lord therefore they make special efforts to tempt the faithful in the churches for they know what great injury they can thereby do to the lord himself who in his sacramental love is there waiting to sanctify men and to receive the return of his sweetest and untiring love hence thou canst also understand the strength of those who prepare themselves to partake of this bread of the angels and how the demons fear the souls who receive the lord worthily and devoutly and who strive to preserve themselves in this purity until the next communion but there are very few who live with this intention and the enemy is ceaselessly alert in striving to throw them back into their forgetfulness distraction and indifference so that he may not be obliged to encounter such powerful weapons in the hands of men write this admonition in thy heart and since without thy merit the almighty has ordained that thou receive holy communion daily seek by all means to preserve thyself in the good dispositions from one communion to the other it is the will of the lord and my own that with this sword thou fight the battles of the almighty in the name of the holy church against the invisible enemies for in our days they are heaping affliction and sorrow upon the mistress of nations while there is none to console her or to take it to heart do thou thyself weep for the same reason and let thy heart be torn in sorrow but while the omnipotent and just judge who is so greatly incensed against the catholics for having outraged his justice by their immeasurable and continual transgressions even under the ages of their grand faith none are found to consider and weigh the fearful damage nor to approach the easy remedy of receiving the holy eucharist with a contrite and humble heart nor does any one ask for my intercession though all the children of the church largely incur this fault yet more to be blamed are the unworthy and wicked priests for by the reverence with which they treat the blessed sacrament the other catholics have been drawn to undervalue it if the people see that their priests approach the divine mysteries with holy fear and trembling they learn to treat and receive their god in like manner 
those that so honor him shall shine in heaven like the sun among the stars for the glory of my divine son's humanity will redound in a special manner in those who have behaved well toward him in the blessed sacrament and have received him with all reverence whereas this will not happen to those who have not frequented this holy table with devotion moreover the devout will bear on their breast where they have so often harbored the holy eucharist most beautiful and resplendent inscriptions showing that they were most worthy tabernacles of the holy sacrament this will be a great accidental reward for them and a source of jubilation and admiration for the angels and all the rest of the blessed they will also enjoy the special favor of being able to penetrate deeper into the mystery of the presence of the lord in the sacrament and to understand all the rest of the wonders hidden therein this will be such a privilege that it alone will suffice for their eternal happiness even if there were no other enjoyment in heaven moreover the essential glory of those who have worthily and devoutly received the holy eucharist will in several respects exceed the glory of many martyrs who have not received the body and blood of the lord i wish thee also to hear my dearest daughter from my own mouth what were my sentiments when in mortal life i was about to receive holy communion in order that thou mayest better understand what i say reflect on all i have commanded thee to write about my gifts merits and labors in life i was preserved from original sin and at the instant of my conception i received the knowledge and vision of the divinity as thou hast often recorded i knew more than all the saints i surpassed the highest seraphim in love i never committed any fault i constantly practiced all the virtues in a heroic degree and in the least of them i was greater than all the saints in their highest perfection the intention and object of my actions were most exalted and my habits and gifts were noble without measure i imitated my most holy son most closely i labored most faithfully i suffered with eagerness and cooperated with the doings of the lord exactly as was becoming to me i ceased not to exercise my love and gain new and supereminent merits of grace yet i thought myself to have been fully repaid by being allowed to receive him even once in the holy eucharist yea i did not consider myself worthy of this one favor reflect then what should be thy sentiments and those of the rest of the children of adam on being admitted to the reception of this admirable sacrament and if for the greatest of saints one holy communion is a superabundant reward what must the priests and the faithful think when they are allowed to receive it so frequently open thy eyes in the deep darkness and blindness which overwhelm men around thee and raise them up to the divine brightness in order to understand these mysteries look upon all thy works as insufficient all thy sufferings as most insignificant all thy thanksgivings as falling far short of what thou owest for such an exquisite blessing as that of possessing in the holy church christ my divine son present in the holy sacrament in order to enrich all the faithful if thou hast not wherewith to show thy thanks for this and the other blessings which thou receivest at least humiliate thyself to the dust and remain prostrate upon it confess thyself unworthy in all the sincerity of thy heart magnify the most high bless and praise him preserving thyself at all times worthy to receive him and to suffer many martyrdoms in return for such a favor End of chapter 11